Welcome again to another edition of the Intelligence Podcast. I'm H.J. Preller, joined not by, not with Marver, shockingly, uh, after a, another long series of uh, DMs, texts, anything to get a hold of him. Uh, it's actually been impossible to get him onto the podcast, so we're going to the new plan, which I think we've talked about before, of bringing on Woe he, he goes. He's too busy antiquing. Yeah, he is very busy antiquing to fill his house. Uh so instead, we've got Woe Doctor here, frequent frequent co-host, maybe permanent co-host. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna really piss off Leisure Fryer here. What are you gonna do? I, you know what? I actually <laughs> was sending Leisure Fryer some messages yesterday because I thought it'd be fun to add a Leisure's Corner. Segment oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. need to come on. I don't need to Skype him in. Just send me a story. Like, it'd, it'd be like your version of the Fryer Phil. Yeah. Exactly, okay. I like exactly. this. I like this. I, I wanted Mexico, <laughs> like basically Mexico stories and stories of when he would pick up ladies in his Porsche 911 back in the in the 70s. I think these are no more relevant than they. Oh yeah, I think this is a must. I mean, it's they'd be must. great. He said no. So he said I no. mean, here oh, we are. never mind. So this then. is the punishment. You know. Yeah. We bring punishment is me. Fa- <laughs> we bring on his least favorite co-host on, onto the show. Suck it. Yeah. Eat it, leisure fryer. <laughs> um, we're here uh, back at the the beautiful urge. Thank you. Urge. Yeah, it is. Public house? Common house. Common house in San Marcos. Our that current home. Our wonderful the, home. The library again. With the, the library, yeah. With the fancy photos of uh, the Star Wars portraits. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying a nice nice Andrews Forest IPA. It's very delicious. Thanks for the plug yeah. again. Of course. <laughs> uh, but it's a... You know, it's actually a busier off season than I thought it would be for the Padres. Um, it's been a while; it's probably been a month since we talked last. And yeah. even though absolutely nothing has actually happened, pretty much, it's everything seems has like, happened. Yeah, it seems like a lot is happening yeah. today. A lot is happening. There's a lot of terrible deals on the horizon that won't ever get completed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of concert announcements. <laughs> I mean, this is when okay, this just is one, when, but this is when Padres Twitter really really feels alive, right? Oh, yeah. Just slinging awful trade proposals out to everyone. Of uh, course. Oh, yeah. It's, getting, um, getting angry at national writers. If you, don't, if you don't take our garbage, we can't do you the, the pleasure of taking your top player on the team type of trades. Yeah, I love this time. I mean, you mean you're talking about um, Henry Silvestre? <laughs> yes, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we should start with the biggest news, obviously, which yeah. is, of course, the major announcement that the <laughs> Padres made yesterday. Oh, jeez. Um, which, strangely enough, they fed to 1090 and... Um, Fox uh, you know, Fox News, or Fox TV, right? Or FSST or something like that. I can't remember. Didn't go to that, which they own 20% of. Didn't yeah. go to 97.3, the machine, or whatever. <laughs> to they 1090. went to, uh, you know, long and storied misogynist Scott Kaplan of on course. 1090. And obviously, the the biggest... Uh, the biggest story wasn't that they announced a Paul McCartney concert in the middle of the season. It was that they put it on a jersey and they marked it 19. Because, of course, <laughs> you put the year that the concert is in yeah. on the uniform, right? Not his age or 64 right, or anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything uh, that would maybe associate you with no Paul number. McCartney. You know, yeah. you don't, it's not a rule. You have to have a number. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As someone who's who's just crushed Wayne Partello and the Padres <laughs> marketing staff for being terrible. At I was going to say, this is your wheelhouse. It is. This is your time to shine. Maybe maybe it's just me, but 
to me, it's it's like an annoying thing, but it, I, I didn't explode at it, right? I, I, I didn't really go. I didn't. I didn't take the issue. And no, I, I see. I see a couple people refer to. I can't understand the outrage. I wouldn't say I have outrage. Granted, I'm only speaking for myself here, but. Um, I thought it was just more humorous at how amateur hour they continue to be at this sort of thing. For example, you leak it to 1090 and a couple other uh, social media accounts of uh, local sports writers. And you make sure to make a point to have this come out almost organically. And you gave it to Scott Kaplan. Right. Scott well, Kaplan, who, who while he was bashing Cilio, says, I don't go to Padres right. games. The only reason he goes is basically to throw it in Cilio's face. Yeah. So yeah, great choice, guys. Great choice. <laughs> um, it's stuff. It's stuff like that. And then he, because he's a complete amateur too, stands in front of a Ladanian Tomlinson fathead. Um, yeah, it's just it's the worst rollout that I've seen as far as just being amateur. Right. And I don't understand. It's not outrage so much as how did nobody, not one person, say maybe this is a bad idea. Well, the thing is. There's like there's like questions as to who gave the jersey to them. Like, yeah, was yeah. It the Padres was it the concert promoter. <laughs> the thing is, the thing I center on is the way that people react. And yeah. um, it's not like I went on and tried to fan the flames of this. No. Like I usually do. There's no need to. Oh, right, and that's the thing. <laughs> Just kind of the what, issue. What I think I saw with this is that we're now like five years into Wayne Partello in the marketing department. Just this is like their thirty seventh blunder that they've made and i think we're at we're past the point where it was critical mass right when where i, I think that i don't get it replacing partello we're, we're at this point where fans don't buy into anything that he does and that's why these oh, it's evidenced things, by everything i mean like this is yeah that, let's be honest here like this is not that big a deal no I think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing that they would take Mr. Padre, someone that they named a street after, the first Hall of Famer, basically everything you would ever want. And they, it's not just that somebody didn't come up and say, hey, maybe using 19 is a bad idea based on who wore that number. It's that, okay, this guy basically cost himself millions to stay here. And you put him in front of a Ladanian Tomlinson fathead. It's just, the lack of control they have for getting their message out is embarrassing while at the same time they are doing their damn hardest to basically throw every bit of marketing at you. It's just the worst possible combination. They throw a bunch of shit and none of it's sticking. Well, like here's the thing. They spent the last five years just fetishizing the past, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we have, it, we exactly. have like reunions every two years, every year really. Yeah. And like that's fine if you want to go that way. But But when you do stuff like this, and you see it with the way people reacted. Yeah, it comes off as just this crass opportunism. Yeah, of course. Short-term attendance boost, rather than actually respecting the history. And and, and here's and, the thing: thing I have see. no problem with concerts at the park. I have no problem with the mid-season ones. And uh, I know people will freak out over, oh, well, you host a Stones concert and it ruins the turf or whatever. I don't care about any of that. I understand they have to make money, and I understand it's still a business, so that doesn't bother me. It's just, yeah, it's like you said, they. No matter what the cost, they will sell something, and they don't even seem to put a second thought into it. That's what's so embarrassing about it. And yeah, it's it's kind of what you said. It's beyond critical mass to a point where, at what point do you stop firing people that are in charge of this because nobody's calling them on their bullshit? Well, I mean, we have, but well, no, I mean, um, but but obviously like, nobody stopped this from happening, and right. I feel like this was very easily I avoidable. Think that the mistakes, one thing in. 
whatever. Yeah. If Wayne Partello had been fired last year, let's say, and it's some new guy in, yeah. in the spot right now, I don't think fans react at all, to be honest. No. I think they'd be, and because. Well, I think they might actually get a response from the Padres, too. Right. Like, instead, what happened is, uh, what is it, Ben and Woods this morning had on John Boggs. Yeah. And he basically, I mean, basically, Cliff's Note version of that is like, Tony is a very giving person who knows what would have happened. Like he had to be Fred McGriff had to be talked out of asking for his number because he would have given it up, which are all great points, but it kind of ignores the problem here, which is that they they're just opportunists and it comes off where they can't control the message anymore. Well, and so that was always a, that was always a, a straw man that, Oh, totally. I, I heard totally. Woods using it actually where it's like, Tony wouldn't have cared about it. So like, why are you? Well, yeah, ex- exactly. He wouldn't. And they Tony. also walked all over Tony for his entire career well, here. That's the, the other Tony, thing that bothers me about so it. Beloved is because he had such humility. Yeah. Right? And of course, Tony would be like, yeah, you can have the number. I don't you, care. You could, you could yeah. argue that the Padres screwed him over too, where he had to make tough decisions for his family where, I mean, granted it's, it's tough to call, you know, getting one or $2 million instead of five or seven or whatever it is tough from, you know, the, our standpoint as fans, but ultimately I just think it's funny that you have to fall back on Tony Gwynn as being generous and maybe we should live through what he does. I think that's total horse crap. Well, it's a, I, I it's mean, a complete straw man. The, the thing is like, we love him cause he was, he was, he has such humility, right? Yeah. And so the, the question isn't whether he would have given up his number. Yeah. The question is how you choose to respect his memory. Uh, precisely. His legacy, yes. Which is the whole idea of retiring a number, right? I mean, retiring is literally in the, in the <laughs> phrase there. And so, like, like I said, it, I'm not personally offended that much, but no. but I do think that at some point you got to ask, like, when is enough enough with, the, with this? Market? It's not the and specific like, action; it's all of the it's actions all, it's combined. Really all of them, and this yeah. is just another, you know, it's another thing in the in the landslide of comparison. <laughs> it's just, I mean, and I know you've referenced this a whole bunch too. It's Fowler refusing to to get Cilio involved and then involving Cilio personally with him going on his show. And I mean, this is no different with Kaplan to me. I mean, we've talked about this mm-hmm. online, but like Kaplan is so lucky that Cilio did this because it took the spotlight off of him being an awful person. So, I mean, they, it's the combined effort of it, of every single bit of this release combined with everything else. Yeah. And you couldn't have asked for a worse combination of things. And at some point it just raises the larger question. When is enough for these people? Oh, enough was three years ago. Well, I mean, Fair like, enough. Look, we're not going to go mount. I'm not going to mount like a massive fire Wayne Partello thing. I think he should be fired. Not just continued embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. I think the embarrassment will continue and that's sad. Yeah. Um, we can talk about some real baseball. Let's do that instead. Stuff happened today. Um, this is Ooh. real breaking news here, but um, <laughs> for you know, people that haven't heard podcast can be, but uh, you know, in the NL part, part of what we've talked about a lot is the window for the Padres. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, some would say the window's opening faster than they thought. Um, Some would say that Fowler's being very ambiguous with it as to keep the window open no matter what, indefinitely. <laughs> it does seem to have a... Yeah. It's a three-year window now that keeps gaining a year. Yeah, it's a big window. It's one of those it's a big window. windows. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones that cost a lot. Yeah. Um, the Diamondbacks traded their franchise player, Paul Goldschmidt, today to the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, they got quite a haul, considering Goldschmidt only had a year of control. And as we learned with Hosmer, first basemen in general are generally overvalued, and, and they're not hard to acquire. I, I would say... is the I, best of them. Yeah, I would say there's a big difference between a guy that posts you know, like a four-win season and a guy that's been no worse than five the last right. four years. Five, maybe? No, four years. 
seven five five five. Yeah. And I've seen Padres Twitter explode because they're like, oh, the window's opening faster than we thought. But it's one less opponent for them to lose to. Right. And I think that's where I would draw the line. It's it's good year, for this yeah year. for this year. It's it, I would say that it's good in that Paul Goldschmidt is a absolute monster and you want him out of the division. But he's um, probably headed out of the division anyway. Exactly, he's heading out of the division, and they just restocked. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, like really changed the trajectory of that franchise much, but they got more than they would have just letting him go right. or really playing this out. And I'd say it was a pretty good haul and a pretty diverse one with a competitive balance. Mm-hmm. Um, pick. So yeah, a lot of or, now, or money rather, uh, like mixed windows and exactly. The D-backs got got return on because yeah. Weaver's obviously ready to be. In I, I also think that this more than anything, it just signifies that they're a much smarter franchise than they were a few years ago. Oh, under um, Dave Stewart? Is that <laughs> under Dave Stewart? I know. It's kind of hard to imagine. Yeah, I know, guys. But um, no, they've made a lot of good changes in the last couple of years. And one of the better things about this for them is that they're getting younger and they're going to have guys under more control. That's great, even though they're giving up a franchise player like this. Um, but yeah, I just don't see how the window changes for the Padres because you have the Dodgers, which are an absolute powerhouse. They outspend in every single way. Um International spending, especially. I love that we still talk about our giant season and they did the exact same thing. Um, but anyway, uh, then the Giants just got better in their front office. The Rockies, I'd say, have a pretty good window still. A um, bunch of young players in a different philosophy with their pitching and everything. So I wouldn't say that it got that much easier. You still have to well, leapfrog I mean, at least made two the teams. That the D backs. If you really wanted to look at the odds for 2021, like yeah. the D-backs are better. We should be rooting for the D-backs to do things like hold on to Goldschmidt and yes. make one last run. That's like, kind of what I was thinking, too. Like, yeah. We should be rooting against any of the teams <laughs> in the division trading. You, you know, like if the Rockies tank, we want them to hold on to Arenado and take the pick, right? We, we don't want I was, I was actually just ball. having this conversation with my boss because he's, um, he's a Rockies and a Cardinals fan. So he was the one that actually broke the Goldschmidt news to me. And he was talking about how he really wants the uh, he really wants the car or the Rockies to hold on to Arenado, and I was like kind of rooting for it because isn't he supposed to break the record or not break the record but have an yeah. extremely large extremely arbitration? High, yeah. yeah. So this will be very interesting to see how that'll go. Um, I would love for them to hold on for that exact same reason, but at the same time, they're also holding on to a guy with a particular skill set that ages very gracefully. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's an awful thing too. <laughs> it's weird. I, I never thought I'd praise the Rockies for anything or really see how they'd come out on top here. But I think we look past the Rockies a lot. They're really good. And, um, they have a lot of young players that we we don't even talk about. Like Dave, David yeah. Dahl didn't really play that much, but no, he's awesome. He's good. He was injured, yeah. but like. He's a good player. Like they have a lot of these up and coming players that we don't talk about. Like, do we ever talk about Herman Marquez, who had a really great season last season in Colorado? Yeah, you basically talk about him when it comes to um, postseason start. Right. <laughs> I think that's the first time his name comes up. Um, yeah, I almost like, forgot like, about them. I think them. we just throw, toss them away and we're like, well, they're going to lose Arenado, so they're not competitive. Yeah, but, but they're actually they're pretty pretty good. And, and I'd say that it's them and the Dodgers are. Not like neck and neck, but I say that's a clear one and two for the foreseeable future, like at least like two years down the line. Well, I mean, and I, then and then I think it gets a little bit more muddied. I think the Dodgers are just clear favorites for like for a long time, as long as I could possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, and then now that the Giants have retooled their front office, I'm kind of scared of them as well. Although I think it'll take them a lot longer to reset. 
But I, I think a lot of Padres fans default to the, well, the Giants don't have prospects and the D-backs don't have a great farm system. But yeah. the thing is, teams that have money don't don't necessarily need that. Um, the Giants especially. I mean, they could turn that turn that around overnight almost. Right. So. I mean, we were looking just now at like the D-backs yeah. franchise historical record. Oh, that's and terrifying, yeah. They're a team that went from like 69 wins to 93 wins in one offseason. Um, like <laughs> really gross. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, is that the offseason that they signed Granky? In that offseason, they made a push after that. I think, was Granky that year or the year before when they still sucked? Could be. I think I think he was the year before when they still sucked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2016. So he was with the 69 winning team. And so team. I'd probably want to dig in and see how they rebuilt that team so quickly. Or if it was luck. I mean, some of it was luck. Fuck. They they regressed back to the mean a little bit. But yeah. um, I do think in the Giants' case... They've got a lot of money. I mean, they can they can buy their way out of it if they need to. <laughs> uh, right there at the top on 2017 for the Diamondbacks, there's Yasmani Tomas. Oh, so almost, they, they had, almost Padre. They had mean? to they had to work around that one. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, that just that just goes to show how good they are. They could bury something like that. Yeah, as if it was the Padres. Who knows? Wow, well, yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a bullet dodged. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of bullets dodged in 2015 because yeah. we could have had. We could have had Sandoval too. Oh, good lord! Um, yeah, Giants ain't buying that one back. So the the Padres weren't weren't totally. It's not like they did nothing. They they signed someone last last week. The uh, guy I knew nothing about. Note. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> he he's the most um, just like incognito good pitcher there there is maybe. Um, I, it's, there's a reason he's incognito. It's because <laughs> yeah. he's never on the field. Exactly. And so. Just my memory, my memory of Richards is a very good power arm who is always injured and never fulfilling potential. So I always assumed he was like 26, maybe 27. Oh, not 32? Or 30? Uh, 30. 30 I, had, right? I had no idea. But he'll be 32 when he actually pitches. Yeah, when he years. actually pitches. So I had no idea he was that old um, just because of the way he was always talked about. Um, a, that's my bad. But uh, B, I also, just because of all the injuries, I was telling you this before we started recording, I thought that he had Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, but that was the shoulder issue. Not the knee Not the knee, or also. one or the other. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it's one of those injuries. And so I had no idea that he wouldn't pitch all next year, essentially. And yeah, so basically you gave him $15 million to pitch for one season if he comes back, which, I mean cool i mean it's just money they're just it's money to burn but the, the problem i have is now that you have him set up and you have a clayton richard and apparently they're out on Cindergard and out on Ivaldi. this is like your primary thing you're betting on and sunny gray maybe yeah. for the next two years i That's mean weird the thing with richards and i think it came off weird on twitter marver was very vocal on this but, yeah um I think both of us, probably all of us, you included, think mm -hmm. I, I get the logic and I agree with. I that don't logic, have a problem with it. No. I like gambling like that. Yeah. Um, if but, it's just money and gambling on one guy, whatever. If he does pan out, you're paying him what he's worth. There's no usually when you take a risk on a gamble, there's some kind of payoff, right? Yeah. And Gary Richards is a high risk pickup, right? Like it's not like it's guaranteed. He's he's, come he's back a high risk full season of pitching. Yeah. Well, uh, on top of that say he does actually produce in 2020, right? Let's, let's assume that he does. 
You're also assuming that he's contributing to a Padres team, which at that point should be graduating some of its younger arms. So the younger arms are going to be supplemented with uh, Tommy John surgery recovering Garrett Richards. Yeah, but can't you imagine the narrative from AC about that, his veteran leadership well, that, guiding that, the rookies? That, that's my issue house? with this is, is that it's a great story, just like Perella's great and he's a joy to watch. Um, that's his all. Joy is a joy to his watch, joy is though. a joy. To, sorry, sorry. Oh man, I knew I butchered that. It is a joy to watch. His joy <laughs> is a joy to watch. Um, I don't get to the, see joy it. Joy is the first word I think of when I get to watch Jose Perella play <laughs> in the field. It's when I turn off the TV. <laughs> um, but so let's let's take for example, Richards comes back in 2020, and you're you're he's bolstering his staff, preferably with guys like Paddock. I mean, I don't maybe Gore, maybe. I doubt it. I doubt it, but like, let's assume that they're really aggressive, and maybe you have Gore, um, throw Morahone, like an Allen Morahone, yeah, Logan Allen. So you have those guys, those those guys with Richards. I I think that's a lot of risk, not just for Richards, but for everybody. And I'm not sure what what's the plan. You you spend 15 million dollars for essentially one year performance. What are you going to do? Throw them in the bullpen? That's just a really expensive bullpen piece. If he's most effective there, sure. But like you said, the risk there, you're basically paying a bunch of money for no payoff. And then the other option is maybe the Padres just really suck and he does really well and you flip them. And which I think that's possible. it, that's which, which, is, which is possible and I have no problem with it. But you also spent $15 million, which means that you're going to get less of a return right. on that. So I just don't, I don't see the long-term play here, even though I like the gamble, I guess is what I'm saying. And like I said, I like gambles. Like you mentioned yeah. Sonny Gray. Yeah, that that to me sounds like a move that is actually going to get made, and they want him like, out of I there. Read Casavell, yeah, it sounds like the team is actually, yeah. I, I, this doesn't sound like Cindergarten. The way he talks <laughs> tells me that it's going to happen, right? Oh uh, yeah. So, Sonny Gray is under contract for one year. I don't think everyone realized that that he he he's going he's into seen, a contract. Here. He he's the same thing with Richards for me. I I remember when he was picked, and so I feel like that was yesterday, but it's very definitely not because he was called up really quick. How old is he? I can't he, remember. He's, he's in his twenties, though, right? Yeah. Um, and he's been really bad, right, for a year or so. Change, yeah, a little more than yeah. Um, I I initially had. Oh, he's twenty nine. Yeah. Damn. Did he just Barely turn, just met. He just turned. Just turned twenty nine. Yeah. That's what I thought. He's twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, okay. He's really, he's fine. He's had right? a weird three years. Like, He's he's never actually been that good. He's been good. He's been like Drew Pomeranz good, right? That's a great. Is that a but, good but he he's but not but Drew Pomeranz that was like a spike, right? right? Say like he had two maybe three years Pomeranz of that. Had two good years. Yeah, like Sonny Gray had two good. He's years. A, he's a high effort guy and not very big. And I hate to be just like one of those stereotypical people, but uh, yeah, that works against him. There's a reason there's not a lot of them. But so. risk wise, no. They're, I, we don't know the rumors. The only thing is some, from some looks like a, just a zero. Well, they they I mean, want so to mention Terence. Right? Yeah, yeah. Terence is a zero. Yeah. Who cares? I saw him in Elsinore plenty. We all saw him on the Padres. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a zero. He's he may make the major league someday. I, I don't doubt it. As a you know glove only defensive catcher, he's Rafi yeah. Lopez that's younger. And you can sign Rafi Lopez anytime you want. Well, the, the thing is, he fits a roster need for the Yankees, and they get rid of a player that they really don't want. Right. So. That's fine for them. Yeah, they can they can afford money, to do that. The Padres can take on the six and a half million. Yeah, and that way they're they're a little bit more flexible because it seems like they want to stay under the luxury tax. Um, and so yeah, He's I mean, I get an it. offer eligible if he yeah. were somehow to to rebound. But like, I'm Which looking fine. at his stats in the past, and 
to be worth declining a qualifying offer, you need to be pretty good, especially as a pitcher that's about to turn 30. Yeah. And you need to be, I don't know, what would you say? A three war pitcher this year, probably? To, yeah. To, to expect that you will get a multi-year contract worth more than $15 million on the open market. Um, yeah. Like you look at a guy like Julius Chessine. I don't right? think it's a guarantee. A young guy yeah. who, who is, really wasn't that much worse than Sonny Gray. No. And I don't. I don't think it's years. a bad thing to, maybe not plan around him. You know, declining it or anything like that. But it's it's worth that extra wrinkle. It, it's worth. It's, it. it's So that's one it's of those risks that you're Galvis. talking about. Exactly. Galvis was never. No. Ever no. 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 Going to decline <laughs> a qualifying offer. Oh Sonny God. Sunny Gray has the potential to be good enough that he, you yeah. could be that good. And, and there's so some interesting me, things there. Not spending any money next year, so they might as well do this. I mean, we can talk more about yeah. free agents market, but they're definitely not doing anything big. They're like, not doing anything. I, I will say that part of my interest in Sonny Gray is just that it's Sonny Gray. Because <laughs> you wanted him drafted. I wanted him drafted, and I like his name. Who did we take instead of Sonny Gray? <laughs> I can't remember. It's 2011, so... Is that Spangenberg? Is that Karsten Oh, God, Whitson? I really hope. Karsten Whitson? I really hope it wasn't. <laughs> Whitson was 2010. That was 10, right? yeah. I don't think... Yeah, he so wasn't that high, Spange. was he? Spange was next. When was, he, when was he drafted? I can't even remember off the top of my head. Uh, See, I wanted him, and I don't remember enough about him to really care. You tried to forget when they didn't. Oh, he was the 18. So, yeah, it wasn't that they, it was more that the A's jumped up, I think. Was that the narrative behind that? I can't even remember. Something like that. Yeah. Well, um, now we'll finally anyway, get him. And you can I'm okay him. with it. Um, that one, it doesn't, again, I see more there than I would see in something like Richards, but I don't. I don't hate either one. Right, they're fine. They're fine. It just, uh, I, I think I that's, do, that should be that should be the slogan of your. People are like, well, <laughs> it worked out for the Rays and the Red Sox for Ivaldi. No, but Ivaldi costs four million dollars. Like it's yeah. drastically different. Where Ivaldi drastically outpitched his money. Yeah, I don't think Richards can outpitch his money. I think it's very unlikely he pitched. He, he he'd have to have an unbelievable year or come back in limited use this year and kind of blow up as a. Right. Is a reliever, which too, like, why, I, why, why do it? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like that's, that's what I'm saying though. I don't, I don't see how he comes back in 2019 and is in any way, you know, a contributor. Right. So right. That, that in any way eats up that 15 million arm anywhere near 2019. No, either do I. Yeah, like, I mean, like he has so many problems. I would not want him blowing his arm out again in a bullpen. Yeah. Like a six inning mop up just to get him some, some time. Yeah. Like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. I'm okay letting him sit for yeah. a full year. Um, the bigger story today was in free agency, where uh, <laughs> USA Today posted at something that was like, "Hey, why not the Padres with Bryce Harper?" <sighs> and um, I tweeted that they're actually writing that for every single team. It's, yeah. it's like it's basically clickbait for every team's fan base. It's wonderful. Be like where the Brewers fans can be like. Hey, check it out! USA Today thinks we're going to get Harper, and then they post it on their Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and whatever. It's it's like click factory. It worked. It did work. It worked <laughs> big this morning because Padres fans oh, are, man. are basically convinced that Bryce Harper is coming here. Between his love for the Mormon Temple and, 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 <laughs> and okay, yes. that that's genius. Though. Yeah. Okay, that's that's phenomenal detective work. <laughs> the, the laughable thing for me was that USA Today article was like. Uh, he could live in, I think he said, quote, the Tony North County suburbs. And yeah. He just makes two lefts on the 15, and then uh, he can drive five hours to Las Vegas. Like, yeah. 
Bryce Harper's not driving his, his no, he's, minivan. He's getting, in Car- he's getting on in Carl's bad and taking that private jet, baby. Yeah. Also, who <laughs> wants to see their parents that often where this is like a, a selling point to them? Like, I feel like that might be more a reflection of you right there. Maybe possible, he really... <laughs> but like, I mean, everyone's like, it's a huge benefit. But like, you think he's using his off days to fly home to say hi to mom and dad or, instead of just flying this his parents out to San I, Diego? I think, I think people are... Buying them a house in La Jolla or People something? are reading into what happened with Kevin Brown. And it's still like a, two decades later, and people are remembering the private jet. That's right. what this is. People need to remember that the, when Kevin Brown took that deal, <laughs> that was unheard of. Fly his family or whatever. Yeah. Um, people still used one eight hundred collect to call yeah. to call home. <laughs> like I did. I used one eight hundred collect to call home. Or calling oh card. my god! Remember carrying a calling card? Yeah, I had a calling card. One eight hundred collect. I had a cell phone too, but it was like a brick. Not in that era, right? 98? 98, yeah. You had a cell phone? Yeah, I saw the same number from them. Check out Captain Moneybag. I know, on AirTouch Cellular. (laughs) (laughs) I had a pager. I did have a pager. Man, so you're just fancy or just running drug deals? (laughs) I'm not sure which. (laughs) Well, I guess Uh, both in that case. (laughs) The thing... I've been an advocate of Manny Machado, right? And yeah. I keep pointing out the amount of money that they have committed. They have the money if they wanted. Even, yes. even the USA Today just had a trial balloon number of like 13 years, $420 million for Bryce Harper. They have the money. Shaking they, my head. If they wanted to pay it. It's a lot. <laughs> they could pay it. Yeah. Right? Um, I find Bryce Harper to be terrifying to me because Bryce Harper is a player that that is enough money that will literally sink the franchise for five years. Well, beyond that, I mean, you, you read the Ben Lindbergh piece in The Ringer. Yeah. So that is what terrifies me is that he's basically the most terrifying defensive player as, as far as, you know, prognosticating where he's going to end up. So you essentially can give that to a first baseman. And that's about where I think it stands. Cause I don't think he's a very good outfielder. I, I actually watched a little bit of him this year. Not that much, but that, that article is kind of eye opening. Um, I knew he declined and he had his injury risks before, but I don't think that he's the type of player that just shuts it down entirely during a, you know, a, um, a walk here. Right. I mean, they, they mentioned that like, you know, maybe some guy that's matured a little bit, like that goes beyond mature. They were saying like he essentially shut it down to preserve himself, which I don't think he's the type of person to do that. He, he so I, I watch a lot of nationals baseball, right? Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this. Yes. Bryce Harper is like a max effort player. He yeah. has this bad reputation for being like a prima donna. I didn't find him ever to be a prima donna. No. He's like max effort. He in everything. throws his body all yeah. around, which is why he's had injury issues. And he said he was smarter about it these days, where he just wouldn't throw himself into the wall when he had no chance of getting it, but right. he was intelligent. I, I think that he is terrifying from an outfield perspective. Like, if he can't hack it in right or left, which he can't. And we can't move him to first. No, you can't. Well, we've you blocked, could. You could, but... Realistically... No, well, you can't. What about the leadership vacuum that uh. we would have if we... Who's gonna keep? Who's gonna keep Harper in check? <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't get Harper. To me, is one of those guys I would love to have if money was no object. But it clearly is. Like I'm gonna be realistic here. They can spend the money, but they won't. So that's the realistic expectation. Like they're gonna they set did, it at 120. That's they can't do it. Let's say they did spend up to a league average of 140. Million. They still won't do it. You give him 40 million dollars a year. Yeah, and that's almost. I don't know where is that. Like thirty percent of your payroll. Yeah, you can't you throw do Osmer it. in, and you're spending forty-five percent of your payroll on two players. That one who is not contributing, and, and one who's who's been not as bad a, a value fluctuator. But I mean, Harper has not. 
just been the 10 win player that they want him to be. I mean, he's, he's a much, he's a much higher floor, I would argue, but I mean, he, then who Machado or no, then, then like, let's say a Hosmer. Like, so as far as if you're spending a boat load of money, I mean, I'd rather have it go to him, but we're talking twice the amount almost. I mean, I would much rather go to Machado because Machado has a skill set that actually holds. He's a much better defender and he can hit and he can go directly into one or if not two positions of direct need. And if you have to move him, he can go into two other positions of need. So it just doesn't make sense to me to go after someone like that. But ignoring that, it's as you said, it's a catnip for morons. It it is. And it's really, I mean, it's exciting, right? It's great. There's a reason 2015 at the time was so beloved. It was very exciting. Oh, I I, I still have fond, even when Kemp was signed, I said, this is awful, but (laughs) still, Um, it's cool. But more so than Machado, the thought of Harper, it just terrifies me. Same here. And not that he's bad. He's not bad, but could be bad it's also that he's just i don't think he's a good fit and you can you can say that you just you spend money on the best players and that approach should work itself out but they've now created like i would argue with myers there's i mean look at the roster that's three first basemen and one of which you're i'm I'm assume harper's going to be a first baseman eventually and all, all three of which i would not bet on defensively and two of which i would not bet on offensively right so that's not great at a position, as you said with Goldschmidt, you should be able to turn over fairly easily and for not that much money. So it makes no sense to me. Well, and then imagine that outfield. Like you've got, because you're not going to put oh, Harper in center field. No, you, he, played, well, he started 60 games in center field last year. Yeah. The Padres can't put him in center field. No. Like it's. You can't put him. I mean, I have. Is, was right field easier to play in now, right? And Peco? Not for Myers, but. No, but I mean, like in general, it's become a little bit People easier, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think you could stick him there, but is it is is it really much worse in Washington? I doubt it. No. Yeah. So I mean, like he was really bad there. Yeah. I don't think you could stick him anywhere, to be honest. I think he's a bad fit currently in the outfield defensively, and you can say like Preller doesn't care about that, which is fine. But I mean, you have to make that back somewhere. You can't just have an entire defensive alignment, which is garbage. Right. It doesn't work. You'd have to bet on them all performing offensively, and I think that you have serious questions about that throughout the roster. And do on you, the depth do chart. you have worries that Harper's only hit thirty home runs twice in his career? No, no, no. That, that Petco would even make I, that even worse. I'm more concerned about his on base percentage dipping, but I mean, like, he has significant power. He generally has a good eye. He still runs fairly well. Um, it's just the defense and like the up and down nature for that contract. I don't think the Padres could deal with it and they could probably unload him. But I mean, I, I just don't see that working here realistically. So I have no interest in it. Yeah. Um, And and I just, I just love the way it was framed too. And we talked about this. It was, um, was it's, um, are they likely to sign him? No, but um, don't be surprised if they're one of the high bidders among the mystery teams, which is like the ultimate we're being competitive comment ever. I love Who cares? the mystery team. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's right? really what I look forward to. I love, I love hearing that we're, we're competitive in giving money out, but still won't ever do it. I just like the word competitive. I Competitive's like a good one. That's the bar that's being set. I have two things I enjoy. One is when I read... It's most um, improved trophy. That, uh, 
the Padres are, are putting a real emphasis on being better next year. <laughs> um, and it's going to be really important that they show that they're better than last year, which is better than a team with wins. And, like, well, you could just you can move that any which way, too. Right. Well, they're better in the farm system. They've shown better development. They're better. It, They'll pick and choose one. Exactly. Category. Like their OBP is up this year. That's why competitive it's yeah. being used. And it's just yeah, every new thing. I love it. <laughs> um, speaking of another free agent that we won't sign, um, Nathan Eovaldi, uh, who we were talking about. It, it was um, a good week. It was a good week. We yeah. can put that to bed. <laughs> uh, with some of the movement that happened, it looks more likely that a team like the Yankees would sign Eovaldi or the Red Sox. One, one of them. Yeah. In fact, there was just a report that uh, things are intensifying <laughs> with the Red Sox and, and him. Um, do you, the one thing Ron Fowler said was that he does not want to be in a bidding war. And I've always found that hilarious because the things you have bidding wars are things that are very attractive. That's why they're... Well, he, he was never... If you think about it, that's true, though. He was never in a bidding war for Hosmer because they just threw way too much money at him. Well, that's the thing. When things that... <laughs> Can't bid against have, yourself. have multiple bids, those are things that usually are... Uh, exactly. Suck. They suck or they're priced too well, high. Well, and I'll, like, to be fair... Like houses, right? Yeah. What houses have bidding wars? Either the one, one that price. I didn't get. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> right, I'm sorry for bringing up bad memories. It's always a, it's it's one that's priced too high, or it's yeah. one that totally sucks. Mm-hmm. The ones that uh, you get one bid that they take your first offer. Those are ones that um, they suck. Right? Yeah, I, I think Iavaldi though. It's he has an injury history too, mm-hmm. and they used him a lot. So I understand this idea that maybe that's they've set like a hard cap on it and the talks have accelerated to a point, like, as you just said, new reports saying things have intensified or whatever. Um, yeah, I could, I could get that, but ultimately it's, that was like, that's a risk that you want to take right there because of the performance level. And I mean, depending I don't know. on the price and the, yeah, exactly. And but like, yeah, he's, he's a guy that you would want to take a risk on. Well, I mean, and you're, you're starting from scratch on a free agent to sign for a multi-year deal. Like that's why Corbin made sense, even right. though like that all these guys make sense. I don't understand where a lot of these other ones fit in. Um, it feels like they're dancing around having a two-year stopgap mentality to fix their rotation, which I feel there's a lot of risk on their prospects. And as a lot of people have pointed out today, Preller does not have a good history when it comes to building a pitching staff. And he's really missed his window on a lot of players, both in acquiring and getting rid of them. There's a couple of success stories, but you know, like Pomerantz is a good one. Acquired him for nothing, sold him and got a good haul. Um, yeah, so I don't think that he's completely void of any intelligence when it comes to doing this, but I really just don't know if he knows how to build a pitching staff. I know that he knows how to pick and choose these little tiny pieces and flip them later, but that's not really an admirable quality when ultimately you do need to perform. So, Well, so they've said they will bring in someone next year, right? Like that's the plan. Um, but who? I don't think Eovaldi. Like I think that's probably gone. Um, yeah. I mean, Casabell pretty much all but said that in something he wrote today. Um, well, didn't he also squash the Syndergaard thing? Yeah, I mean, or did, oh, did I jump? We've been, we've been playing on Twitter a lot <laughs> lately uh, about like our sources and stuff. But <laughs> let me find it. But I can read something. Let's just say this is from a highly, highly placed person in the Padres organization, but. Uh, he said, "Re Mets Cindergard. We are actively working that. However, I think their new GM is trying to hype things too much, and Will Pond's son keeps on talking about winning the trade. Not good for getting something done." Here, you can take a look at who sent this email. 
Um, let's say it's let's just say it's not looking great. Not looking great for him. Not looking great for Kikuchi either. Who? Uh, let me read this portion of this email. Uh, that is the um, Japanese not great. pitcher is not worth it, and, and that may be true. No, but uh, it doesn't sound like we're getting that guy either. So I wanted to take a look at who, that's um who is that was an really? interesting screenshot. Uh, yeah, you can keep reading. You can read it later. I, I think I will. Uh, if I want something to help put me down at night, that's <laughs> the one that'll do it. Um, oh man. Who's left? Like, what do you see this team actually doing? Well, there are multiple holes. In fact, it's identified in this email, actually, yeah. what the what the emphasis is. Yeah. Um, we know we need starting pitching, a third baseman. People think we have a surplus of corner outfielders. We might in numbers. I don't know. Re-talent. So, Yikes. It sounds like there's holes to fill. Yeah. So, I mean, more from like a macro perspective on this. So... When we were talking about Syndergaard, everyone is apprehensive about unloading some of the top players in this. Uh, this either the system or currently on the roster, which I would argue there's not a lot of players on the roster that are worth keeping around. Right. Um, and yes, I'm including Hedges in that. I love Austin Hedges, but you have to move him if it right. gets we're back value like Syndergaard. We're talking baseball skills. Yeah, you can never replace that <laughs> sexually. <laughs> but um, yeah, ultimately you have to get rid of guys, right? And as identified right there, if they're not targeting anybody, who is there? I mean, you can look a year down the road, but that's either you're betting, you're banking on all of them hitting. Immediately. Immediately, Immediately exactly. Which is, I mean, how many times has that ever happened? Where everyone hits it at the same time? Well, what about Juan Soto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, Juan Soto was, yeah. But but that's the Well here's the thing. If Tatis hits, if Tatis hits, that's great. If he's he's one guy. Right. He's one guy. And look at their starting rotation around him. And and if you really want to do this, then Albie's look, at, look come look on. Albie's last, fell off too. Yeah. We talked like it was a great success. He was actually quite bad. He didn't have a great time, year. At least at the plate. He wasn't that great. Well he, he had a down year in general. Size. Well he had right. a down year in general. So I'd argue that he's still kind of figuring it out, which is which is fine. I have I have faith in that guy too, but and I mean, I was, if I Albies is a great comparison. Him down in the minors to yeah. kind of work on. Well, I, don't, I don't know what the rush is with a lot of the guys. I, I wanted him up because I wanted to watch him. You were bored. I was bored. Yeah. I mean, like, it's probably bad for development. But, um, I mean, Albies was a great comparison there, too. Not because they're similar players, but look at how well he started and how he finished. It's like right. you, people seem to forget that he struggled mightily, too. And really what carried that team was kind of a... I mean, just kind of, I wouldn't say unfounded, but they had bounce back years from a couple guys. Swanson performed better in uh, certain Arcadius ways. Wasn't yeah. They had decent pitching. I mean, it, it was all over the map success. It wasn't just Acuna. So, right. I mean, that's the thing is, do, are you expecting all of them to hit and you expect them to throw in with some other guys? My, my bet is no. People take time. Right? Yeah. I mean, you look at the Phillies. The Phillies are kind of comparable in the way that they did their rebuild. But a guy like Aaron Nola took a long time to become. Well, look at how quickly now. they fell off in the last month or so, yeah, too. They did. So, and look at what Those they're doing currently. Be, I mean, a lot of these guys need to be built up through one or two years in, in the well, major leagues. And I, that's why I've always yeah. wondered why put the emphasis on 2020, where, I mean, yeah, those guys may make the their debuts in mm-hmm. the year, but I, I think it's. I think it's wildly unrealistic to expect them to be playoff caliber pitchers right away. Exactly. And I mean, just looking down the, the Phillies, I mean, like they, they have like a couple standouts and that's about it. And I mean, they tailed off bad 
at the yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, they, Vince Velasquez. Yeah. Great arm guy they picked up from Houston. He's been up and down. Like, he, he has the talent, obviously. Yeah. Prospect-wise, he was highly regarded. It, it takes time for them to get... He's only a hair better than Zach Eflin, and Zach Eflin's not a guy I hey, would... where did Zach Eflin come from? I don't want to talk about it. Who drafted that guy? <laughs> Who'd they trade him hey, for? Hey, what did we trade him for? <laughs> well, te- fair, technically, Dodgers, Dodgers traded, traded him. For Jimmy, Jimmy Rollins. Rollins. So, so. But... I mean, this is kind of my point, though. Look at, look at the Phillies. Look at how they tailed off. And look at how they're retooling. That's the big difference here. So, and they're also in, realistically, on Harper and Machado. I mean, you can say that's all bluster, or too. Both. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, one, the other, both. They're realistically in on it. Where I, I mean, like, they've already shot down Machado and Harper. I mean, aside from this report from USA Today, which they're sending out to everybody, I would argue it's just... It's window dressing. It's nothing. It's based off the picture of him in front of the Mormon temple. And, That's yeah. what it's based off of. That's a great rumor. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, uh, who do they sign? I, on, I honestly don't even know like I'm who's looking at left. the list of third basemen. Moose? I think they'd get Moose? What, he'd probably be... Did he, he didn't what get do you a, think he'd go for now? Two, 20, two, two years, $20 million? I don't have years, a problem with him as a, as a holdover. I mean, like, I never had a problem with him. I thought they should have signed him instead of Hosmer last year. So. Yeah, I did too. Same leadership, same pedigree of winning or whatever, that yeah. same prestige value. And, I mean, that was an actual position of need. So, Chase Headley. How about Chase Headley? God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, as a manager, right? It's really just Moose. Moose is it. Or Michael Franco. They could trade for Michael Franco. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is they, There's a bunch of options through trade like that, but who would they give up for it? And well, according to Padres Twitter, nobody no prospects only 20, remember, 30, remember 20 or lower. Prospects. I was going to say, remember 10 to 20 is basically everyone else's top five. Right. We can't possibly give those guys. up. No. Uh, and that's the thing is I, I have no problem trading a significant, I, I have no problem trading everyone but Tatis to be totally honest, provided not, not for some guy like Franco or something, but like for Syndergaard, hell yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the untouchables period. I don't, I, I don't if, even if think Toronto Tatis is offered us yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. For Tatis. I would trade him. Well, yeah, that's never going to happen. But it won't happen. Well, you know, prospect for prospect trades happen. But well, like, actually, they I, seem to I, really I just hate don't him. Think untouchables <laughs> makes sense. Like no, I my thing is Syndergaard is a good enough pitcher, and people complain about the fact that he might not be an ace, which I I think is a little bit overblown too. Like I don't care if he's an ace; he's very clearly ace a one or a two. Dumb, ace is a dumb word. It's, it it it's is. A word, it's a word that appeals. There's to there's what ten. Well, there's there's what. How did how did Parks used to describe this? Him and Goldstein, they used to say there's like maybe ten of them in all right. of baseball, five to ten of them. So yeah, I don't think he's maybe five. He's probably on the fringe top ten, right? Year in, year out. So you either have a one or a two. What does this team not have? Like in all of all of these, you know, like overall future uh, value, none of these guys. Well, not none of them, but a majority of these guys are three. Two yeah, two. Right. Yeah, so. You I mean, want a guy or, that's guaranteed or, one or or two. I think is the only one with and he's the furthest away. One, right. So, uh, well, he also has a bunch of questions because of the blisters too. Right. So, I mean, but that, as far as that's ceiling goes, like he's the one that that could be a one. Yeah. So, I mean, people. Like, I don't have a problem I mean, with Syndergaard today. Like I saw a thing on Paddock where uh, two pitch pitcher, like a national evaluator. National evaluators see him as a four or five pitcher, which again, not a higher. problem. Yeah. This is why there's an imbalance in what is the perceived and market value for Paddock based on the Padres. I, I think this is the problem. I'm not arguing that he's a four or five. Yeah. I would hope he's better, but that's the thing. Like, There's there's perception based on what they're working on and what people actually see. 
And if he's working on a third pitch and he's got one, that's great. Then he probably does slot higher. But I mean, like I've always been kind of surprised that people don't want him traded because to me, he's a two pitch guy and that's Casey. So, right. I, and, I mean, and that's fine. He's, he's much better with his two pitches than I argue Lucchese is. But, um, I feel like when you only have two pitches to work with, you're a reliever until something else. Right. Or, or you're a bottom yeah. of the rotation starter. Exactly. So, I mean, there's two fallacies of Padres Twitter that I enjoy. One is the, um, Will Myers just needs an off season to practice at third base and he'll be no. an average, he'll be an average player at the position. The other one I like is, uh, <laughs> blank pitcher. He's working on a third pitch and he'll be fine next year. Once he puts an off season in learning a curveball. at you least, pitched, right? at least Padres Twitter is not doing the once Ballsley gets his hands on him. Yeah, they never do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, like, uh, you, you used to pitch, right? I used to pitch. If, I, if someone showed me the, grip, I'm a bad example. I'm a bad example like, because I threw like 40 pitches. None of them. Well, right. That's so. the thing. <laughs> you can, I can learn a screwball. Yeah. I can throw a screwball. It doesn't mean that I can command it at a major league level based even even you give me driveline to teach me over yeah. over an off season. You can't just learn the third pitch. If it was that easy, he would have done it already. He would have done it in high school, right? Well, like it's, he throws a curveball. I wouldn't I wouldn't even argue it's it. it's that. For me, it's that it it has to do with sequencing, it has to do with like tunneling it. So like you can have like a great grip and you can like break one off that's really really good every so often, but unless you can actually match it up there and be confident in it to use with your other two and not just as a setup pitch. That's the problem. It seems like both of these guys have them as setup pitches and they don't work all that well. So like, even if they're just setup pitches or they're just like to, to break it over, that's something a reliever does. That's something a reliever might do. And they just rely primarily on two pitches, but I don't think that's a good bet for a long-term play. Right. And as a result, yeah, I don't have a problem trading guys like that. So I got a few other names. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm scared. So, our source, of course, says that he wants a starting pitcher, right? <laughs> Our source, and, and clearly, yes. Clearly, from the way things have gone, the stories that have come out on Sonny Gray. Yeah. Is Sonny Gray it, you think? Or do they sign someone? Like, I'm looking at names here. Keichel. He's probably expensive. Probably out on him. Jay Happ. I also, when it comes to Keichel, I'm not... He's not a guy I'd bet on, also. He's, he's a guy that I would, I would fill the middle of a rotation with and bet on that veteran presence. And like, if they want to pay him a lot of money to do that and still spend elsewhere, elsewhere, that's fine. But I don't have a problem with him. But I wouldn't say that that solves anything. Geo, I again, that's he's, filler. That's one to two year filler. He's possibly done. Also, yeah. Well, that too. He's thirty three. But I'm I'm saying like at the most one to two year filler. Uh, pom pom. <laughs> That'd be great, but eh, whatever. I kind of want pom pom. I kind of, I kind of, yeah. He's going to be cheap. So whatever, yeah, sure. Because obviously the, the, you're not signing people at that level that are going to be contributors on the next playoff team. It's obvious no. that they're trying to fill a gap right now. Like Sonny Gray is not a contributor on the next good team. That's not why they're getting him. They're trying to maximize value and whatever. But here, here's the thing. When it, when it comes to a contributor on the next team, I, I'd be happy with like a Clayton, not a Clayton Richard, like as far as performance, but as far as like an inning eater veteran leader. So like have him be a, a filler like a mid-rotation guy, maybe like a four on a current team while you get these other guys up here. But he still has to eat innings in the end. Right. Because you still have to have those guys. And then that way you can maximize the use of your other existing pieces that you have coming up, graduating through the farm. And I don't see how any of these guys, like Pomeranz has a history. Yeah. Geo might be done. But the other thing about eating innings, people always say Clayton Richards is a is a inning eater. He doesn't actually eat that many innings because he's not good. Like. Yeah. It's not just that your arm has to be durable. He you accumulates starts. 
but they're not. You have to be good enough to last past the. He does. Well, here's the thing: there's there's accumulating innings because you start thirty to thirty three games or whatever, and then there's guys that actually go deep into games and actually make an impact on those ones, and they actually do rest your bullpen. Well, those are the guys that get 200 innings. Those are inning eaters. Yeah, yeah. You have to be good enough to pitch into the sixth. Exactly. And, and his, his problem is that he eats innings. Sure, it's like 170, 180 or whatever, but they're not good innings, and you ha- constantly have guys up. Right. So I would argue that they're not that effective at eating innings. So uh, any of these guys that you listed, even Sonny Gray, I'm not, I'm not betting on that. I'm betting on a guy to like fill a rotation spot and, and get through 160 innings in a year. Even if it's decent, even if it's like number four, number five starter, that's just someone that they need for two years. Or in this case, one year, I guess. I'm flipping through here, and I don't see a lot of guys that move the needle for me. No, and that's, that's why I think that it has to come through trade. And when, when that, that well-placed source of yours um, has... Um, highly, highly high, placed. Highly placed. Yeah, sorry. I guess you could say highly placed. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, and this was that that source that was sent before the uh, before the Mets kind of decided to go, yeah. kind of go for it. Um, Syndergaard's not happening. I don't think no. it's happening. Um, well, and so, the other thing is, if he was happening, be prepared to see a major shift in in the depth of the system. Right. And like, if not, I don't, I don't think anyone should get their hopes up. I, I think it adds actually a little bit more. Um, or credence to the idea that they're trying to go for it now and maybe trading hedges was on the table or right. could have been on the table. And maybe those MLB network trade rumors that they floated, as ridiculous they seemed, could have been closer. But I still think you have to have a high-impact guy. And, and for example, Tatis isn't just a high-impact guy in the system as a prospect. He's a guy that could contribute next year. So it's not like he's one of these guys that's three years away that you're betting on hitting. He's a guy that has done pretty much as much as he can in the minors and is coming up. So when you pair someone like that with, let's say like maybe just even one guy like hedges that becomes more feasible. But when you start saying like paddock hedges and some random throw in right. like Lucchese, I don't think that's realistic at all. I don't think the talks were ever very, very realistic. No, no. I mean, but I mean, if you want someone like him, I think you have to expect to give up a lot. I clearly from that email, I don't believe that they're willing to do that. <laughs> And I think that they just, they value their guys higher than other people do. And that's always been the case. Which is fine. You know, that's why they've never really been active at the trade deadline. Which is fine. They should be trying to squeeze every last cent out of the the other guys. But I mean, at some point you have to make a compromise. Well, and I've always said, like, we can love our prospects, but there's a a funnel going, right? And we're now in like the third year of the funnel. (laughs) And like, it keeps getting narrower and you, you see it. Like, we have, we can talk about the depth all day of the system, but those guys aren't going to make the major. There's not a, there's not a roster spot for them. Yeah. Like we have 15 pitchers that we think are really great. There's only five rotation spots and with some attrition and whatever, like you can only fit so many in. Yeah. You you can't, you can't count on those guys being the only building blocks. That's why. And that's why I think guys that, that have flaws, like not, I wouldn't even call them flaws, but works in progress like paddock actually serve better as, trade chips because like they've performed so well, but they're still in a glaring hole in his game. So trade him while his value is highest because you're not going to have enough spots in your rotation. He might actually work out as a, as a high end reliever at the end. And we've seen what they go for on the market too. But I mean, like ultimately I think you try to trade that kind of guy. Well, <laughs> the, the thing that drives me crazy is came up with like, um, I don't know, like Machado kind of, but yeah. I feel like fans will be like, um, 
well, we can't possibly get rid of Paddock. Like, he's our future number, he's our future ace. I'm like, well, uh, he's. Future ace is like the worst. For, a, for like an actual ace. Like, yeah. He, Snow Syndergaard over there, like, that's what you want Paddock to develop into someday. And he's I, I would say that that's, that's so far beyond what people think that he's going to become all. Uh, yeah, the, the I, I don't think he's going to be an ace. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's the way things get talked about. Like, like Precisely, let, let's yeah, say yeah. it was Tatis, right? You're like, um, okay, well, Tatis is really good, but like, and, and we keep saying he's the next Manny Machado, but but the real Manny Machado in his prime is he's sitting right there and he's he doesn't have a team. And he's 26 and like, he's um, he just needs money. Yeah, like why wouldn't you don't have to give up a Tatis? This, this this comes up when people are like, well, we can't get Machado because Tatis is our future shortstop or third baseman or whatever. Like Tatis has that spot, and we're like, well. It's not a hundred percent chance that he's going to become Machado. Yeah, and the real Machado is right there. So, like, why wouldn't we just get the real Machado and then figure it out after that? Well, and the other thing is, you talk about his bat playing less at third if you move him over, but like, still the sum value of a Manny Machado at like let's say short or, you know, that's not, that's not the ideal pairing. I'd rather have it the other way around. But let's say that's the pairing. The sum total of that is so far greater than anything we have now, and you just gave up nothing aside from money. Right. That makes no sense to me. Like, so, if you push him off, who cares? <laughs> so we went through the free agent list, and honestly, I don't, I don't know what we're <laughs> There's nothing that great here on this list. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's depressing. Freddie Galvis is going to come back, right? Is that, that what we're winding up with? God damn it. Yeah. Um, what did we learn today? That we learned that... 2019 is not going to be great. <laughs> if, it, if it is, it's because of a lot of things that have yet to happen. Um. I think I don't know if Preller will trade some, but I I think that there's a better chance to be filled there than through free agency. At least that's what today has told me, um, which is very sad because that just means it's more people thinking we should trade our ten to thirty prospects for high end guys. So, yeah. it's so easy. I can't wait for that for we the next two months. Trade for Kluber, right? If we trade oh, Jesus. Actually, maybe. Like, <laughs> they owe us we'll one. Just give them Renfro and a Swahe and like uh, I don't know Logan Allen, and it should be a slam dunk for us. Uh, the next two months are going to be very painful. But the other thing I like is is the thought that everyone thinks like it's only the Padres negotiating, and there's not 29 other people calling for yeah. 28 other people calling for Corey Kluber, or no, it's no, it's Indergard or whatever. Like everyone thought, John Gene Segura was in the bag, right? As, as if. As if no other team would want Jim oh, yeah. on their team. That was a I, I loved that trade for the uh, for the Phillies. Yeah, it's great for the Phillies, yeah. The the Mariners. Not to get off on a total tangent here, but when you get like a hundred was hundred twenty, hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah. Um you probably shouldn't celebrate that by selling off everybody of value. Yeah. It looks really bad for them. <laughs> Sorry, David Rose. <laughs> oh no, he's getting a hockey team. Screw him. Yes. Screw yeah. that guy. Yeah, screw him. He doesn't have he doesn't have an indoor lacrosse team though, but <laughs> not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither neither do we. Do we? Uh strike got settled. So oh, never mind. Seal City once again. Yes. Okay. Stay tuned for the, the new Kept Faith uh, <laughs> podcast, Seal City SD. Seal City SD. Yes. Great. Keep stay tuned for that. We're, we're doing a lot of work on that. Can I guess on that one where you guys explain the rules of <laughs> indoor lacrosse neither to me? Do you know the rules? Uh, I've watched one one game. I used to watch it on like ESPN 40 or something or whatever it was on. It was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, the extent of my knowledge of lacrosse is that uh, I did go to a college where lacrosse was the number one sport. That doesn't surprise three. me, yeah. 
Uh, and then my wife played at North Carolina State. I did not watch any games. I've never seen film of anything. So that's, oh, this will be really that's good for where you. I'm coming from. I think we're going to bring a lot to the table in discussing the SEALs. All right. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Um, Seal City. <laughs> I guess until something happens, we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast when something happens. Uh, yeah. I guess winter meetings are in two weeks, so maybe we'll do one, do one for that. Yeah, we could do that and, and talk about how disappointed we are. Yes, yes, because that is part of being a Padres fan is, yeah. is massive disappointment. God, um, yeah, I will say one thing we are not disappointed with is our accommodations here at, <laughs> at Urge Common House in San Marcos. Am I right? The check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in Padres land, but I think that's it. I think that's it. The, other, the only other thing is, yeah, I, I guess that's it. Carnage Hedges is here for now, so I'm Hedges happy. Hedges is here. Yes, we're all sexually satisfied. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not going anywhere. And, hopefully. And yeah, we're, we're just sitting here waiting. We'll be on the... <sighs> Perpetually the waiting. The worst trade proposals in the world on Earth. <laughs> and you keep them coming, Twitter. Keep them coming, yeah. You guys are doing a, a bang-up job out there this year. Love them. Yeah. Well, special thanks to Urge Common House. Thanks for coming on, Woe Doctor. You're welcome. We missed you, Marver. Yeah, we didn't really miss you, Marver. <laughs> Only Leisure Fire missed you. And also, to close, if you would like Leisure's Corner to become a regular feature on the Go Intelligence podcast, <laughs> feel free to contact Leisure Fryer. Um, he does not need to tell any stories about sexual exploits in the Porsche, but I, I think some stories about being arrested in Mexico would be appreciated by everyone. I, I am pushing for that. <laughs> well, uh... For another edition of the Gwyn Intelligence Podcast, go Padres.